From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have locally grown rock band, the reigning sound on the show. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver another installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week, we've got a deeply beloved rock group stopping in to be with us on the show. One that's changed personnel and its home base over the years, but still remains dear to the hearts of Memphis music lovers. That group, The Raining Sound, began as the brainchild of Memphis garage rock legend Greg Cartwright. Greg's been giving his all to Memphis music across multiple instruments for over three decades. The list of groups Cartwright has been a part of includes the Compulsive Gamblers and the Oblivions, along with other projects. And since the recent end of Raining Sound, Greg has jumped back on stage with a new band known as Welk Stahl. Wait, 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 JP, are you, are you telling me that the Raining Sound is no more? Hate to break it to you, Pat, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but look at it this way. Sometimes a band lives a long, healthy, and fruitful life and rides off into the sunset on a high note, leaving us with the magnificent memories like the concert we're sharing with our listening audience today, which was one of the band's last few performances before closing for business earlier this year. While we can cross our fingers that the group resurrects someday, we can certainly cherish what they've given us up until this point. Incredibly, the group has released eight LPs since 2001, along with a handful of live albums and an EP. Relatively soon after the band's founding in the early 2000s, Cartwright moved from Memphis where he was bred and made Asheville, North Carolina his home, calling for the group to incorporate instrumental backing from Atlantic Coastal performers who could help Cartwright realize his vision. But on the recording we're about to share with you, the group finds its way back to Memphis with a lineup pretty close to the one it debuted with originally when the group was founded in the Bluff City. That includes Alex Green on keys and guitar and Jeremy Scott on bass. The band is also joined by ubiquitous drummer extraordinaire Graham Winchester, who you surely will be hearing from if you haven't already. Oh yeah, that guy there, or maybe he's a machine, <laughs> seemingly plays in every important band gigging in Memphis right now. Well, we'll chalk that up to pure Memphis grit. You can hear it on full display in the band's performance at River Series, an annual concert series benefiting the Berea Montessori School in Memphis's Harbortown neighborhood. One of the best kept secrets of downtown Memphis living, the series makes incredible use of the scenic garden stage right along the Wolf River, a lesser known cousin to the mighty Mississippi that locals of the area love with almost just the same fervor. It's certainly a more willing setting for outdoor events, such as these, where we can get right up next to its flowing waters and relax, play, or party. Well, we're on the subject. Let's jump into the party and hear from the raining sound live on Bill Street Caravan. Still not thrilled, but 
Take me out in your car Take me where living starts Turn your headlights off In the dark And the road disappears Using the scene To travel between Two points in space and time Any place could be just fine If you wanna go Lights Parade to the top of the hill The orange moon standing still Silhouetting the trees That will be here when you're gone Lost in a dream We travel between two points in space and time Any place would be just fine If you wanna go Here's more from Raining Sound, live on Bill Street Caravan.
you go Spring has come Winter's gone But the season seems strange Time may pass But time
to yourself or turn away Cause I'm right here by your side Whatever you say Just tell me what you need And maybe I'll listen But if you don't know what you want That was the Raining Sound live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, check out Raining Sound on bandcamp.com. We'll be back with more music from the beloved Memphis band in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. It started out with the sound of crazy talk coming towards my house when I was a boy, all loud. In our town, Macon, Georgia, we had preachers up and down the streets and women singing spirituals, but this sounded different, almost like a ghost, but wilder, almost angry. It had no words, but I think I understood it. I stepped off the sidewalk toward my house when I heard it, and then I saw them. Dr. Nobilio wore a red turban and a gold cape. Next to him walked a strange little dude with big eyes. He was the one who made the ghost sound. That would be Richard. He carried Dr. Nobilio's Freaks of Nature, a bunch of stuff that grew out of the earth but looked like people. He had a sweet potato shaped like a face and a tree band like a skeleton hand. The noise and freaks brought a crowd. Once people arrived, Richard and Nobilio shook them on down. Richard performed healings, and Nobilio read fortunes, all for entertainment purposes, of course. People wrote questions about the future to Nobilio, and he'd burn the slips of paper without reading them before he gave a person's fate. You might be wondering, now how would a kid think he should be a faith healer? Well, one time, Richard went to the bathroom in a box and gave it to a crippled old lady wrapped up like a present. When she opened it, she threw down her crutch and chased after him. When that crippled woman started running, Richard decided he had the power to cure. That woman didn't need her crutches anymore after he got through with his trick. And that hooked him up with Dr. Nobilio. Nobilio blessed a ginseng root that looked like a wizard and gave it to Richard. I don't think it was real magic. Everybody knew Richard was going to blow up big as dynamite. I think Nobilio was just putting a down payment on taking credit for it. Now that you're rich and famous, you remember that root I gave you, like that. But it wasn't about to be easy. First time I went to Richard's house, the place was loaded with kids. I asked his mama how many she had. She said 11. She cocked her head at Richard and said, he's the most trouble of any of them. They lived halfway between the neighborhood beer joint called the Tip Inn and the Church of God. Sometimes the songs poured out of both places and mixed at Richard's house. Richard's father, Bud, did a little preaching, sold a little moonshine, halfway between. He had to work both ends of the street to feed all those mouths. When me and Richard got older, we went downtown where all the theaters, cafes, and barbershops were, on a street we called Broadway. That was home of some colorful folk. 
Dr. Nobilio would be around there, but not even he was the wildest sight to behold. That'd be this powerful railroad man who wore high-heeled shoes, a funky gown, and big hat with a feather on it. I don't know what they called him on the railroad, but on Broadway, she became Madame Oop. She had a friend with her called Sis Henry who twirled a pink parasol. They wore lacy gloves. They swished around Broadway with their chirpy voices. As soon as they got to fighting, them voices went all deep again. <laughs> that was okay in those days. Nobody bothered them. In fact, Richard became quite interested. He swished along with them. At home, he put on his sister's pink pedal pushers and dabbed his mama's rose water on his face. Most trouble of any of them. This upset Bud quite a bit. Bud was pure man, no halfway between there. Nothing he could do about it, though. Richard started cruising at night. I did, too, sometimes. We sat in the coffee shop at the Greyhound station and watched the buses. He said, I love to see them big things going in and out. I didn't care for that, but he cackled like a cuckoo. He sat there watching the people get off the bus. When I saw his eyes open wide, he said, Whoa, boy. I looked. Whoa, boy. Wore face powder, curled eyelashes, and two-toned shoes. He came in. We met him. Called himself Escarita. Richard laughed like a cuckoo and called him Excretia. They walked off together to Richard's. Turned out Escarita played some serious piano, and he taught Richard. Richard learned fast. Makeup, drag, piano, it all hit him. It all hit Bud even harder. That, my friends, is when Richard had to go. I went along. We caught on with a raggedy big band. That's where he first got the name Little Richard. The band had his name printed up on posters and hung them all over the station wagon we rode in. When we got back to making in that thing, Richard was joyful. The big station wagon drove through the neighborhood with all those signs on it. He thought he had made it until he saw his father's face. Bud really would not have approved of his son's next job. Little Richard became Princess LaVon. He wore an evening gown and heels higher than Madame Oops. Totally unable to walk in those shoes, the band had to pick him up and carry him to the microphone before curtain, and then he just stood there trying to sing his heart out without falling down. He did something right because that earned him his first chance to record. He sang real pretty, sounded more like Ruth Brown than Roy Brown, though. Once the record came out, he went directly back on the road with a new act. He played piano with a bunch of other people, almost like stuntmen, tap dancing with furniture in their mouths. At the end of the set, I'd introduce the performance to the crowd and save him for last. And little Richard, king of the blues. And he'd holler, and the queen, too. Like I said, no big deal back then. Every nightclub had its shake dancer and female impersonator. We hung around New Orleans at the Dewdrop. I remember they had an impersonator named Patsy Vidalia. Patsy had hairy legs. Richard talked bad on Patsy. Looked like he got hit with a ball and didn't get well. On Valentine's Day, we got a job to play at the Cotton Club in Macon. We decided to surprise his mama, but we got surprised. Bud was working up at the Tip Inn, and we waited up to see him. Got to be near midnight 
when we heard gunshots up the street. Me and Richard ran toward the tip end. Richard got there first. He pushed open the door. The place cleared out from the trouble. It was just us and silence. We saw his daddy laying there, bleeding from the chest. But it had already gone when Richard got to him. We stood there in shock. I didn't know what to say. Richard just sort of looked around like he hoped to wake up out of this nightmare. I could see tears filling his eyes. In that deathly silence, the jukebox clicked on. It startled us awake. Then the speaker hummed. We heard the needle drop on the record, the static, and then the song. Richard's new one. The tears just spilled down his face. He and his dad had a lot of trouble, but hearing that record go on was like Bud telling Richard how proud he felt. So Richard put on his mama's makeup and went out to beat daddy for that family. I always believed that his father's death drove little Richard to rock and roll. He still got stuck in novelty acts. He sang the way he dressed, mostly pretty, but he had some wild stuff too. He just didn't take the stuff seriously. Whenever he got the chance to record, he got nervous. He couldn't be his true self. Every hour, was nice, but that wasn't no kid who did his business in a box and picked up dates at the bus station. That's where it stuck when we went to New Orleans to record. It was probably his last chance to blow up as big as dynamite. It almost got away. The producer, this dude Bumps, got so frustrated he called for a break and everyone went down to the dewdrop. Now here Richard felt right. This was Patsy Vidalia's house. You didn't have to worry about what America thought of you at the dewdrop. And so Richard jumps on the piano and tears into his big drag song. A womp bomb a loo bop a good god dang tutti fruity, good booty. Pump starts yelling, that's what I want from you, Richard. That's a hit. You know what happened? Big as dynamite, just like Dr. Nabilio said. Now out on the road, Little Richard didn't get paid by check. <laughs> he got paid by a briefcase. One night, we were blazing down the highway in a canary yellow Fleetwood Cadillac. On the radio, we heard Tutti Fruity starting up, only it wasn't Richard's voice. He said, that ain't all, Rudy. But we listened and finally figured out what happened. Richard starts laughing. He started going like a cuckoo, like he did his business in a box and gave it to somebody. Finally, he settled down and said, I wonder if Pat Boone knows what he's singing about. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. 
For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we're hanging out on the Wolf River with a Memphis favorite, The Raining Sound. That's right. In 2021, the group released what fans didn't know at the time would be their farewell LP, coincidentally titled A Little More Time with Raining Sound. Oh, man. I know fans of the group see humor in that title, but it still has to sting just a little. On the bright side, the album enjoyed positive reviews from critics who lauded the maturity and vulnerability of Cartwright's songwriting, compared to many of his previous works. On that note, Cartwright's songwriting earned him another distinct honor in the past year. He wrote Wild Child, the Black Keys single that topped Billboard's alternative airplay chart earlier this year. Let's be honest, a story like that simply proves Memphians are everywhere in music and entertainment, and we need to be patting people like Greg on the back. That's why we're here, JB. We're getting the word to the people who need to hear it. Well, I can say, in full disclosure, I've gotten to know Greg pretty well over the last couple years, helping to bring his weekly radio show, Strange and Mysterious Sounds, to the airwaves in Memphis. He's dedicated and truly sincere. And as much as he has great reverence for the Memphians who've left their mark on the music before him, you get a sense of his own humility when you speak to him. I don't know if he understands how important his own contributions are to shaping the artists who are coming up in his wake. And that means a lot, considering you are too young to remember what it was like to see him in various groups, especially the Raining Sound, when they were darlings as regulars on our local circuit. They tore it up on stage and you just had to be there. Well, I have seen video, Pat, and luckily I was present to see what we understand will be the last Raining Sound show at the Overton Park Shell. You could truly feel the aura of the venue, even though it was outdoors. And you can tell that folks adore this band. And it's clear that the reason is that they've been growing alongside this band for years, even those years that Greg spent living in Asheville. That's even more reason to be excited that the man they call the Big G is now spending his time between Memphis and the Carolinas, so he can soak up some of that home cooking and admiration more often than he has in the past. Let's check out Greg and the rest of the Raining Sound live on Beale Street Caravan.
time shine Just as bright as a ring on a finger There's action coming down the line And you know someone who knows a singer To draw a line As yet there are no lines in your face Your wit is dry and modern There's an extra shantus in your suitcase Should I wonder where you got her? You've been moving Contemplating the bottom line But if rock and roll is so tired and old You'll give them something to help wash it down with You can steal a kiss But remember this There will be bigger fish Here on the Bill Street Caravan with the Big G, Greg Cartwright. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much. A little more time with yes. Raining Sound. Why that? Why that title? Well, we had a song that we recorded for the record that's called "A Little More Time." You know, it's always kind of tricky coming up with an album title, and a lot of people will find a track they really think is the single, mm. and name name the album after that. That wasn't really why I picked that name, although. That definitely put the phrase in my head, but it made me think about the fact that I was playing with the original lineup again yeah. for this one record, and we were together again, and that kind of made me feel like, hey, I'm, I have a little more time 
with these people. But also, you know, we recorded the record in August of 2020 during the full-on pandemic. And I was just appreciative that I did have a little more time to spend with people. And so I think all of those things kind of factored into it feeling like the right representation for the record. Putting a record together during this pandemic, what were the challenges you wouldn't have seen if you were cutting a record at any other time? There were a lot. And it really was a little bit of a struggle and a challenge to make it happen. First off, for the last eight years, I've been playing with a crew out of New York. That's very much an R&B group, and I've been playing with them for, like I say, almost eight years now. But during the pandemic, New York was the hot spot uh, in the United States. And so I just, after talking to them a little bit, I knew that there was no way I was gonna be able to go there and make a record. And I was having to come spend time with my folks, with some things that were going on with them during the pandemic. So while I was here in Memphis, I thought, well, maybe, I might be able to do something in Memphis and see if I could get the original lineup of the group to come and work on this record with me. And luckily, they were all into it. So yeah. it, that really worked out. But that was the biggest challenge, was just finding players, people who wanted to lock down and make a bubble, right. and also finding a studio owner, engineer, who was into having that happen in their studio at that time. Yeah. And luckily, Scott Bomar, who was an old friend, was the perfect choice because not only did he have a great studio and the right ear for the kind of music that I wanted to make, but he also had the tape machine that I like to work on, which is the same one that I used for the last album that we did at Daptone, and before that, the two records that I did at Dan Auerbach's studio in Nashville, which is a one-inch eight-track machine. I got really addicted to the format and the workflow of thinking ahead, I only have eight tracks to work with. How am I gonna make everything that I want to fit on this? All of that has to be a puzzle that you put together in your head before you start recording. Right. And I really enjoyed that process. You limit the amount of flexibility you might have on the back end. Exactly. Well, you've been out a bit on this new record. What's it been like being back on stage post-pandemic and, and back with the, with the guys? It's been wild. Mm. It's, I, I'm not going to lie, it's a little weird. Mm. <laughs> it's taken everybody a little bit to get used to being back on a stage again. And it feels good. Every artist is not just thinking about themselves and their own need to create and perform. We're thinking about the public. And that's the part that I think about a lot. Sure. Because I want to keep people safe. And I can't say that I don't miss it because I have totally missed it for this last year. Yeah. And also the audience really misses it. If there was one thing that I really remember seeing people talking about online and when I talked to people on Zoom and stuff over the last year, it was like, when is live music going to come back? I can't wait to see a concert. Mm -hmm. So I think it's something that everybody has really been craving. Well, how much of this album is autobiographical and what is it inspired by? Almost all of it is either somewhat autobiographical or it's about having empathy and patience for other human beings and what they're all struggling with right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's 100% about what's been going on with me in the last year or a couple years even, yeah. you know, and, and about growing. I mean, it's been seven or so years since I made a raining sound record. So, I mean, you could even say that it's about all seven of those years, because I'm, I didn't do a whole lot of writing in that interim. I was busy raising kids and 
working and I'm the kind of person that I tend to wait for inspiration to come to me to write a song because I can approach songwriting in a very workman, craftsman-like sort of way and to get some good effect. I can get some, I can get some things done and especially when it comes to helping other people with their material. If they want someone wants me to co-write, I love taking someone else's melody and a vocal idea and trying to help them build that into a song. It's very satisfying. But for me personally, to write a song, for me to sing, I have to wait until a key turns and something comes out. And then usually that comes out first as a feeling. And the feeling, then I transpose that feeling into a melody. And then the melody suggests a lyric. And from there, I just try to build a song. You stays in touch and everybody, even if they're not actually playing in the band, I still consider them band members. And if I need something for the band, I reach out to them first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, hopefully not another seven years before an incredible (laughs) Rain and Sound record, but if so, uh, congratulations on the success of this one. JB, thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming by the Bill Street Caravan. You got it, man. Here's more from the Raining Sound, live on Bill Street Caravan. Yeah. 
That was The Raining Sound, live on Beale Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit the band's page at bandcamp.com. And while this group may officially be defunct, go ahead and cross your fingers like us in the hopes that they will return someday. In the meantime, you can check out their past records and performances and lend an ear to the group's members on many other projects. They all play in vital bands in the Memphis music scene. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley, and I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Oh,